That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Pobega, naturopathic doctor. And I'm Dr. David Miller, ND, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting all the pieces together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of healthcare. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you should know about. Welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. Dr. David Miller, ND here with Michelle Pobega. ND, what's up? Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're going good. to talk about we're going to talk about some some uh, some old school connections, naturopathic connections. That's it. Yeah. You you wanted to bring this to light because you had a really interesting um, clinical Case. experience. With, yeah. a, with a patient so t- what like tell us a little bit about that and then we'll get into some more specifics after sure yeah so gut skin connection uh that's old school naturopathic thing we're talking about today uh, i can't believe it took 169 episodes or whatever it is to to talk about it here we are um patients are the best teachers you know um they really hammer home how how important uh i don't know i find clinical uh clinical experiences is, is like the best teacher a lot of times so yeah, we'll talk about this uh, young, young child, um, nine years old, who came with uh, really like quite terrible eczema, uh, and he was he was born with it. And so, you know, I I don't know how you think, Michelle, but the way I think is that when it, when he's born with it, um, I'm kind of thinking this is some deep stuff, uh, very very deep stuff, right? We're not talking about someone who got eczema when he got you know, we got introduced to some different food when he was much older. So yeah, like if, born, if you're well, born with it, this. then that's the, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a, that's a much deeper issue and it's to nobody's fault. So this is not a blaming the mom or dad fault because nobody would have expected it, but it's coming from a deeper place, which is interesting to have to work. No. With. And actually it's funny you brought that up because uh, we, me and the mom talked a little bit about that and she's really cool. And, um, she she was like you know i think there was a little distress in utero so but she's aware of that but we we it was not a blame game it was more just i think she, yeah she, she's cool i think she just recognizes she's like look it was not so hot whatever during that Sh- time the thing is is like shit happens and sometimes certain things are out of our control and as much as we try to self-regulate things still affect us. Right. And it doesn't like, and that that will happen at any stage of your life, whether you're pregnant, Uh not pregnant, your child, you're a senior. I I don't know. We do the best we can. Just do the best you can. (laughs) And, and so, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. um, Cause, cause it, it, it was a, to me, it felt because it's such a deeply seated thing. And if you're into like miasm and stuff like that as a naturopath or homeopath, you sort of go, okay, this is some deep stuff. It's going to be, to me, that means it's going to be harder to move. So I'm, I I find maybe I'm, maybe I'm a wimp with uh, dealing with eczema, but I always find them quite difficult cases unless you're willing to like turn your digestive life upside down, which 
I try to minimize the, the turning things upside down with 14,000 supplements, like 80 dietary restrictions and, you know, this and that and the other thing. So, um, that's just, again, that's the way I practice. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this kid going, Oh damn, how am I going to help you? So, um, peanut allergy, I think this is important to, uh, mm. egg white, egg yolk, sesame tree nuts. So lots of sensitivities and his immune system is already quite dysregulated, even just from the, how old is he from the abundance of allergies? He's nine now. Poor little lamb. He's a sweet kid too. Um, uh, So yeah, he's got lymph nodes, uh, groin, swollen lymph nodes in the groin, uh, swollen uh, lymph nodes uh, in cervical and uh, cranial suboccipital sort of region. Um, and but it's funny his mom has no allergies or eczema like and his his dad maybe had eczema as a kid um or sorry had yeah had eczema as a kid and asthma which improved hmm. um from a, a change in uh, where he lived hmm. so an environmental thing which just i mean that just clouds everything up right because you you are the the product of not only your internal sensitivities and milieu but in juxtaposition with your external environment so you know some of these things are internal and some of them are external anyways he's yeah. got um he's also got chronic constipation which is probably really key to this case too um he's mm-hmm. always been uh and it, and the eczema has generally increased over time it's just gotten worse um he's always been dairy-free gluten-free or at least for the longest time okay mom's super smart in terms of like the natural health game i think she's cool. she's smart and like she she runs a, a nice house in terms of like Okay, this is what we're going to do, guys, and, you know, the kids listen. It sounds like a nice home. <clears throat> um, so uh, his feet get hot at night. That I was sort of looking at that for a, for a, maybe a keynote for sulfur because oh, yeah. they're homeopathic. Cool. Um, but, yeah, so uh, I he's battled with it for years. He he comes for the first visit, and, and I'm, you know, trying to um, temper the mom's expectations of, what we're going to do because i'd rather under promise and over deliver prescriptions uh for this case were uh vitamin d uh mag citrate uh to to supplement uh mm-hmm. the mag oxide that he was on to to just sort of make sure that the bowels move he was already um, in a mag oxide he was on mag oxide but it wasn't it i don't think it was to bowel tolerance or anything i think it was just like a a, a dose of mag oxide i've i don't know if i have the dose written down what he was on Oh, but, but he, he didn't he's... poo every day. Mm-hmm. So, and and I like I said, mom knows her way around like health. So she she knew that wasn't ideal. Uh, another prescription was uh, Unda number two, 15 drops two times a day, which he did not take the first, because I think I ran out of it. So he didn't take it. But the other prescription, which is I think the one that was probably doing the heavy lifting was Betaine HCL, um, one to two per day with largest meal. And so when they came back for the follow-up, um, he was going uh, two times a day bowel movement. His stomach feels nice. better. Yep, stomach feels better. He said his stomach just feels better. Um, as much as, you know, he's he's a nine-year-old boy, so, uh, you know, as much as he could communicate that, it was pretty clear. His stomach feels better. Um, skin was so improved in terms of the... The, some of the areas actually are clearing up and the, the skin lesions were less thick. Um, so that was so cool. I, I, I mean, 
this was only oh what was it this was when it was only like a three weeks and things really really moved pretty quickly so um that that was that was it uh for me because i did so few things and i was actually kind of like i was kind of thankful that i didn't that he didn't get on the unda number two sort of cloud the picture okay um in terms of like trying to figure out what did what it's my assumption that probably a nice little combination of betting and and f maybe forcing um hmm. yeah maybe forcing the bowels to move a little bit faster with the osmotic laxative action of the magnesium the combo there very very simple uh resulted in uh well he's he's much better in three weeks so that was sort of the impetus for me reaching out to you hey do you want to talk a little bit about gut skin yeah i mean i think the fact that you got his he's able to detox and he's able to poop is a game changer yeah that in of itself and 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 i'm sure that hcl and everything is playing a game because you and i know the benefits of hcl on things but um the fact that he was constipated that's like my biggest red flag. I would have definitely focused on that first before I did anything either. I wouldn't have jumped to drain and remedies and skin remedies and this and that. I'd be like, <laughs> if if, well, this... if your garbage can't come out from your pooper, it's going to come out somewhere else, like in your skin. So let's try to redirect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I should say, um, I should say also that he was born with an enlarged kidney. That was the rationale for oh. Unda number two. Uh -huh. And and I also I did some visceral manipulation, which maybe is why he's doing better too. And I I will never know, right? Because that was another thing I did. I'm just looking at my chart here. I did I did a sigmoid colon a kidney and small intestine root um, maneuvers, which which he seemed to like. Uh, you know, he got he he became very uh, relaxed, and he seemed he was mm. really cool about getting it done. Which, like I said, I kudos to the mom because she she raised a cool kid. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah. I find, uh, not to digress from the skin stuff, but I've been not a hundred percent with using my VM, uh, applications, but I have for several of my people who have been more prone to constipation and doing like sigmoid cecum and then liver. And yeah. then they're so like, even just the smallest maneuver and suddenly their bellies are gurgling so loud in the appointment. And my clients it's are awesome. like, what just happened? And I was like, they're like, you barely even touched my abdomen. And I was like, well, Take notes, see how you feel, and then uh, we'll just observe what happens from here. So it's been pretty interesting to to just hear that immediate type of like almost like an awakening response within like the organs. Well, that's what cool. Sean Pierre says. We're just trying to wake something up. That's it. So that's exactly what he says. So anyway, so yeah, a little bit of VM might have been very helpful in sort of like kickstarting, jumpstarting. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, VM. Uh, betaine and some magnesium and that's and there was no other dietary um restrictions given mom already knows what's up well the fact you know? that like you know for a kid like that i wouldn't necessarily what are you gonna do anyway i wouldn't necessarily be like oh no soy no this no this no this i'd be like gluten and dairy are usually the biggest culprits especially in modern day society because they're just atrocious the way mm -hmm. what, what we've done to them so um I feel like that's a pretty good gold standard. The fact that she was already cognizant of doing that is good, but it was the pooping when you said he couldn't poop. And I was like, that was my biggest red flag. Mm -hmm. I forget why. I mean, look, she, she's been given a magnesium. Maybe she just didn't give him enough. I, I don't think it was the magnesium that made things work, but I, I, I'll never know. 
uh i just don't i don't think it was but yeah as a focus my god like why you got the garbage man's got to come yeah yeah you got you got to get the the garbage man's got to come every day well the thing is is you know there's a lot of interesting research when it comes to the gut microbiota with skin. So there's been some interesting, so if your poops aren't moving, then you have stagnation. And like we've talked yes. about in the past, if things are not moving, things are going to stop malfunction. And like, would you rather drink spring water or water from like a pool of water that's been there for like three weeks, like from like a pond that's just yeah, exactly. you know, algae growing and bugs and whatever. Same thing with your bowels. If things are not leaving properly that microbiota starts to become affected so we might not be kicking out the things that are actually pathogenic that might have potentially come in or we're starting to allow opportunistic microbes to grow in higher volumes than they should be and then they become problematic because they're taking up too much space so there has to be a fine balance and um it's why pooping every day more than once a day if possible uh, is kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, and different, like, so you're bringing in the microbiome, which is key. Uh, I think, you know, if you look, if you look in the microbiome of someone who's got diarrhea versus someone who's got constipation, different bugs will not only cause those things, uh, you know, or contribute to the end result of diarrhea or constipation, but they will be drawn to different uh, situations too. So like you will have different commensal bacteria if you have looser bowels than you would if you had constipation. So did it cause, you know, some of these bugs, they cause slowing down like H H pylori wants to make that little part of the, the little pocket of the pylorus. It wants to make it more alkaline Mm -hmm. to, to, so they, they do try to change their environment to suit their needs. Right. Um, And so I think that's, that's a key thing to understand too. You're going to have a totally different microbiome as you poop more or poop less yeah it'll attract different inhabitants yeah and there's some really interesting research to show that there's a there's a very there's a very key gut skin connection that happens so like yes food sensitivities if your gut's an inflamed state that might start to get reflected elsewhere in the body um if you have increased gut permeability that can start to translate to other symptoms in different parts of the body. If you have food sensitivities, same thing. If you have parasites, same thing. If you have microbiome issues, same thing. The skin is no different. So um, there's a lot of, there's, there's been a ton of research about this kind of stuff. And there's the biggest, the, the biggest consensus is that the intestinal microbiota exerts its influence on skin homeostasis, mostly because of its modulatory effect um, of commensal gut microbes on systemic immunity. And 70% of our, of our immune system is within our digestive system. Mm-hmm. And the microbiome has a huge amount to a huge role to play in that. So, um, you know, there's been influence of, you know, how they're, their, their influence on like T regulatory cells, lymphocytes, and then also facilitating anti-immune responses um what do you mean anti-immune how, sorry what did sorry sorry not anti-immune anti-inflammatory oh, okay. i misspoke anti-inflammatory responses the gut bacteria or commensal bacteria have a really important hand in those in those things and when you have something like a psoriasis or an eczema there is uh, an immune 
dysregulation components to those as well. So supporting a healthy immune system from the gut is going to translate to a healthier immune system reaction on a skin level as well. I feel yeah, like it's that. bi-directional. I was surprised. I was surprised because I always I would have thought, of the, you know, okay, the gut mm -hmm. really affects the skin, but the paper sort of uh, tells you how it, actually the skin, it, it's bi-directional, which it is, is bi interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is pretty cool. Um, and they're probiotic. Have you seen those topical probiotic creams for skin? Have you ever seen those? I probably have, but I haven't really like fully clocked it. I you, think I to haven't like looked into remember. it. Yeah, because I don't deal with skin is not like a real focus for me, but there are, there's been for a while topical probiotic creams. Hmm. So you change the microbiome topically on the skin. I believe Very that. Interesting. I believe that. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I believed it. And then, you know, the paper sort of shows how, uh, Conf how confirms it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's nice to have confirmation of the things that you're like, this makes logical sense. And then you get something that confirms that logic and you're like, ta-da. Yeah. Uh, it's, always, it's always a good day when that happens. And they're, uh, and like skin and gut, these are the major interfaces, I think, to the outside world, just as a big picture sort of idea. I think that's really important. So they got, they're kind of similar mm -hmm. in a sense, right? Maybe different surface area, but the idea is the same. Uh, one is the outside, you know, to the mouth, to the anus is, is that's your digestive sort of uh, exposure to the outside, right. inside you. So I think that's, I think it's, so it's maybe not that surprising, I guess, that the skin mm -hmm. and and the gut are, are very you know related that way in terms they're, of barrier function that's it they're both a barrier and also a way of communicating the external world with the yes. external world in a controlled way they both have those key features um so it wouldn't be surprising that they have such an intimate connection with each other bi-directionally and and barrier function probably is one of the ways that I don't know about you, but that's one of the ways that I go about any kind of skin condition. It's like, well, let's let's make sure we support barrier function in the gut. As we support the barrier function in the gut, we're going to support <clears throat> the healthy distribution of of, of uh, you know good, bad, and commensal bugs in the gut, which will then uh, play out onto the uh, skin symptoms too. Is that that's one it. way you you'd go about uh, treating skin? You're always going to treat the barrier function. Uh, yes, but it might not be my first step depending on what's going on, but mm -hmm. it's always going to be part of this part of the plan part or of it, strategy yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. you know, it's going to be unique. Like if your child didn't necessarily have constipation, then that also changes the course of action, how you would have approached that. Right. So it really depends on yeah. how the person's presenting. Do they have more diarrhea? Do they have constipation? Do they have a lot of bloating? Do they have heaviness after eating? Am I suspicious about liver gallbladder health because of the digestion of fats? And then that would lead me to how I begin to address the gut to then remedy the skin. But the barrier is always an important part of it. And part of the thing is, is a lot of times I'll run some testing and it might show markers of zonulin and zonulin is a, a marker for uh, a breached barrier or imperme uh, permeability, increased permeability and in intestinal level. Yeah. And a lot of people get really, oh, I know what leaky gut is. Like we need to treat that. And I was like, yes, we do. But that's a symptom of all this other garbage. So we also need to kind of get rid of some of that burden and garbage so that we can actually then heal the barrier too. I feel like you mm -hmm. don't want to jump too many steps ahead because otherwise you just feel like you got the car in park and you're revving the engine. You're not going to get very far. Mm -hmm. That's my that's my take.
So I try to address some of the other things and then maybe take pockets of like doing a little bit of intestinal barrier work in between and give them pauses. Um, but yeah, that's, mm-hmm. but that's me, but it's always in there. Yeah. And then prebiotics, uh, prebiotics, is that something that would fit into your, into your, uh, your plans? Yeah. I mean, I think the ultimate goal is to get people to eat a diet that is more diverse in mm. fibers because that's a prebiotic in polyphenols mm-hmm. and antioxidant rich foods to feed the microbiome. And maybe we add fiber, maybe we add a prebiotic powder in the mornings to get things on track and, 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 and facilitate the process. Absolutely. But again, that's part of the healing. It's not necessarily part of the necessary, it, it'll be part of the active recovery, but uh, not necessarily always step one, depending on what else is going on first. Yeah, I mean it's complex. It's it's I mean it's really mm-hmm. complex immune mechanisms that through which the the gut microbiome uh, affects mm-hmm. all those different organ systems, including the skin. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess we're lucky uh, as naturopaths. Uh, I assume they still still learn this, although we've been out for a while now. Um, that the if you want to treat the if you want to treat the skin, you got to treat the gut. And that's like just seems so logical to us from our, yeah. uh, I think from our training, it's one of the few things I, I really think that they got really, really right. <laughs> well, it seems it, it is logical, but it's nice when you find the papers and the studies that then again, like we were talking earlier, validate, confirm, and then reaffirm mm-hmm. logic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a plethora of studies out there for this kind of stuff. Um, just going back to even the prebiotics, a lot of the influence on the skin is because of the short chain fatty acids that result from the good bacteria's oh. fermentation of fiber. So your propionate, acetate, butyrate, they are believed to play like a pivotal role in determining the predominance of certain skin microbiome profiles, which then subsequently influences cutaneous immune defense mechanisms. So the short chain fatty acids are important. So that's where going back to those prebiotics and making sure that you are providing the correct fuels for your microbiota on a gut level will then further influence the microbiota on a skin level and then their immune regulated functions and mechanisms, which is super cool. It is super cool. Well, butyrate, butyrate, valerate, uh, acetate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are, I guess butyrate gets the most, gets the most press, but I, that, that butyrate, I mean, it, that, it's got multiple applications and I'm not surprised to see it uh, affecting skin. Yeah. There's some new studies about like metabolism and everything too, and weight management and blood sugar regulation about that. And like, it's just, it's so, it's super cool. Basically, you know, eat your fiber, get your fiber people. Yeah. And get a nice variety of it. Pick multiple sources, right? Don't just do the same thing day in and day out. Try to try a little variety is a spice of life guys. Um, And variety of, of foods for, for your body will result in a variety of different organisms and commensals that like those foods around. So yeah, the variety of what you eat affects the variety of the microbiome, which is generally diverse microbiome is, is, is a good thing. Yeah. I was just thinking about something because how you were talking about or bringing into, into the conversation, how it's such a bi-directional um, communication between our skin barrier and microbiota and immune function with, in parallel with like our gut microbiota immune function. And then I just had this thought that popped up and being like, as a woman, we put so much garbage 
on our skin. And nobody thinks about how that is possibly translating to the microbiota, Mm. the immune system. And if there is a bi-directional form of communication, because like you said, I think for a very long time, we just thought the gut talks to the skin, but we didn't necessarily always really recognize or understand how the skin talks back to the gut. But if that really is the case, which we're now starting to see is true, then all the endocrine disruptors and chemicals and pH disrupting ingredients and fragrance and color and this and that in the beauty products that women use is probably having a much more profound effect beyond just the endocrine system and chemical burden. Like what if it's also affecting our gut microbiome if and our gut health because of that communication pathway that, that exists. I just kind of had that thought and being like, God, we really, really kind of, kind of lost our way as I sit here without makeup today. Cause I was just like, ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> and I switched everything to like natural beauty products and natural creams and skin and things with simple ingredients. And cause I, I mm-hmm. just, I can't do that to myself anymore. Well, now, you know, you're sending signals from your yeah. skin to your gut too. That's just it. So it's even more important now that we've kind of driven this, this home to maintain healthy or, or cleaner kinds of skin products so that I don't cause any more disruption than necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Barriers, barriers are very important. uh, And, and they seem to let generally like intelligent barriers will leave, you know, let some stuff in and, and some, some stuff won't get in. Um, But I think, uh, Mm. I I think that, I mean, it's, it's so basic, but the more we talk about um, gut, gut and skin the more i think uh the gut barrier is such a is such a fruitful thing to work on fiber make sure you're not constipated um and support your organs of detoxification those are probably like i mean there's maybe there's nothing really truly crazy new insightful from this but it does like you said seeing these papers helps you get a little bit more precise with the understanding of the underpinnings of what are naturopathic sort of principles just it yeah you know sometimes uh sometimes protocols can get a little bit more complex sometimes they can do stuff but the the underlying the underlying logic behind it is making sure your body's drainage and detox pathways are happy that you're not in excessive amounts of inflammation that you're metabolically healthy and your gut is in check and usually the rest of your body will kind of show up pretty well if you can get those things figured out yeah, new science supports old naturopathic principles with maybe a little bit more precision again. Ta-da. Cool? Cool. Okay. You want to fix your skin, fix your gut. If you want, if you want to fix your gut, take care of your skin too. <laughs> okay, we'll talk to you again <laughs> next week. See you guys.